0: In the beginning, it was love, author of everything, imagining you and me, spirit breathing into us, the story of who we are, beloved of God, if we ever once forget, it's written in the dark, tattooed on. Song, the last one we sang, right? It's a beautiful thing. Good morning, church. Welcome to Grace Norwalk. If you're here for the first time with us, thank you for making the time to come and worship with us. If you are a part of our church, we are glad you are here one more time. And I just want to let you know that we are here to help people find and follow Jesus. That's our goal. And um, it's a uh, it's a blessing to be able to sing something like that and say, you know, just express with all of your heart, Holy, Holy, Holy. It doesn't matter the moments we're going through. It doesn't matter the, the, the struggles, the adversities. Uh, when you can stand and just, just sing to the Lord and just concentrate uh, in worshiping Him, um, everything else looks blurry and you can concentrate in God. And that is a beautiful thing. Um, I just want to say before I, we get into the message this morning, thank you for your prayers. Uh, thank you for your prayers. That that I, that says it all. <laughs> um, I cannot thank you enough. This week has been a very difficult week. Um, you know, as, as you all know, my sister uh, went to be with the Lord this week. It's, uh, when something fatal happens, unexpected, we were... Having a conversation about that with maggie this morning it, it, it's different than when you expect for somebody you know when somebody's sick and somebody's it, it hurts but when it's unexpected and uh when somebody says i'll be right back they uh they go out the door and they never come back and and people keep on going out to the front of the house like my mother expecting that that she will see my sister come back it, it is hard it's different um my, i lost my father in twenty twenty thirteen uh, but we were expecting that uh, With this with my sister It was unexpected and, uh, and some people have asked You know what happened And so I'm just going to say really quick What happened is traffic was stopped in the freeway There was an 18 wheeler in front of her She stopped right behind that 18 wheeler And the 18 wheeler behind her uh, I guess the guy was on the phone Or something like that He did not slow down And went right to it So it's a hard thing To swallow that, Um, but I encourage you, please do not drive and be on your phones, because it is amazing the things that can happen. It's unbelievable, and and sometimes we are just so careless because we're 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 so focused on ourselves. Remember the last message we talked about: love is selfless; it's not selfish. But a lot of times our selfishness will tell us, "I have the rights." I have the right to be on my phone and be driving, right? And it doesn't matter who I put in danger. And so I encourage you not to do that. Um, and so that's what happened. Uh, your prayers have been amazing. Uh, for For a whole week, we, uh, I personally went for about four days with no sleep and trying to put things together. Uh, I'm one of the persons... Oh, yeah I'm one of the persons in the family who takes care of a lot of those things and um and so it's been a it's been an interesting time but yeah I remember the first sermon I preached here in uh, this year it was god is with you through adversities why does God allow you to go through adversities and we look into second uh, Corinthians chapter one and I just kept on remembering that sermon and then i uh, i said you know what i, I in, in in the middle of all this, I need to I need to be with my Norwegian family. And so I put I got into you, on YouTube and uh, heard Pastor Roy's sermon and I'm like, you know what? I, I really appreciate that. That was a great sermon last week and so I, I appreciate that Pastor Roy for doing uh, for doing that last week. So how many times how many times people leave their houses on their way to work? Or maybe they just go run an errand for any other reason. They just leave the house and, uh, you know, not knowing that whether they might come back or not. Or sometimes when you leave the house, have you ever leave the house when you're mad? When you're angry? And sometimes you just take off and you're just like, you know, what we'll deal with this later. And sometimes we let anger to take, to get the best of us. Sometimes we take it for granted that God has given us the life that we have. Uh, sometimes, you know, we, we might leave with, uh, you know, an unhealthy disagreement with another person or uh, very angry with people that we supposedly love. Sometimes about a small things or insignificant reasons that when, when we stop to think about it, we're like, you know what, that was that was not very smart. We, we just got mad for for something so small, and we leave the house thinking we're going to come back. And sometimes we don't know if we will. Or how many times have we say something you wish you can take back? Have you ever done that? I don't know know about you, but I have. I have sometimes when I'm mad. You say things, I say things that, you know what, later on we're like, you know what, I shouldn't have said that or maybe i should i i, I should have said it in, in a different way and we wish we can take that back because we said it when we were angry when, when we have to when we talk about anger which is i want to let you know this morning in our series about love does one of the things that love does not do is doesn't easily get angry it is important for us to understand that when we really love other people Love, it's it's not easily anger. How many people get easily angry? Again, for insignificant reasons. Not thinking that maybe that's the last time you can see a loved one. And you just get mad and you just take it for granted. Didn't kiss your wife. Didn't kiss your husband. Didn't kiss your kids. Or your kids just walk out on you when you were trying to talk to them uh, during breakfast time. Because they were just mad at you. And nowadays, kids, they feel like they have the right to say, I'm mad at you, I don't want to talk to you. Back in the days, I remember that was not the case, right? Parents will make you listen to them. Anger is a big problem that we're dealing with. Anger is a big problem we're dealing with in the world nowadays. And the Washington Post, in one of their articles, they wrote this, they, 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 they wrote an article that, that, that was titled, Americans Are Living in a Big Anger Incubator. We are living in a big anger incubator. Raymond uh, Noviko, a psychology professor at the University of California, Irvine, who has expertise in anger assessment and treatment, said this, We are living, in effect, in a big anger incubator in the world in these days. Surveys over the past few years suggested that anger had rise... In the country, even before the 2020 crisis, a Gallup poll conducted in 2018, for example, concluded that Americans' stress, worry, and anger had intensified that year. Anger is one of those things. And I was reading another article where it says that Christian counselors report that 50% of Christians, people who come in for counseling, have problems that the main, the root of their problems is dealing with anger. Anger can shatter communication and tear apart relationships. And it ruins both the joy and the health of many people. The level of stress and anger have rise inside our homes. Fathers angry with their kids, kids angry with their parents, and so on. A lot of that is because of the absence of love. Absence of real love and abundance of selfishness. Because a lot of times when we get angry, it's because of selfish reasons. If we really think about it, if we really analyze why do I get angry, it's because of selfish reasons for the most part. We choose not to be patient. We choose not to be kind because a lot of times we act selfishly instead of being selfless. If something doesn't go my way, I get angry because it didn't go my way. But God tells us in the Scripture, the love, it is not easily anger. Love is not easily anger. So love is patient. Love is kind. Love is selfless. That's what we've been talking about in the, the previous weeks. Love is patient, kind, selfless. All the opposite, all the contrary to anger. When you are angry, and when you are easily angry, you, you, you don't have patience with people. You are not very kind to people. And you are very selfish instead of being selfless. Love does not do that. When we tell people we really love you guys, we really love our family, we really love our brothers, we really love other people, and we easily get angry, we're showing different than what we're saying. Now, let's be honest. All people feel... They feel anger at times. I'm just going to be honest with you. Anger is a normal, healthy emotion in itself. Anger is a normal, healthy emotion. Anger is not the problem. But easily or unresolved anger left to fester and grow can fan the flames of bitterness, resentment, and unforgiveness and lead to a host of hindrances in the Christian life. So, anger is not the problem. The problem is, how do we react when we get angry? What are the things we do when we get angry? Anger in itself is not a problem because it's actually an alarm that there's something wrong. It's actually an alarm to say something is not right, something is unjust. Something is, is just not being done the right way, the proper way. That is why the Bible has a lot to say about anger. You know, the Bible... Mentions anger more than 500 times. More than 500 times in the scriptures. It talks about, it talks about anger. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 26. Tells us that anger is a God-given emotion. It's part of our emotions. We are human beings made out of emotions. And anger is part of our emotions. And it's not a sin in itself. How we deal with our anger determines whether we sin or don't. Whether we do it or not. It's how we deal with it. It's how you use it. It's how you react. It's how you, whether you explode or He just helps you to, to, to think about what's going on around you and make a better decision of how you need to deal with the problem or the situation. But anger in itself, again, is not the sin. It is how we react when we are angry. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 26 says, Be angry. So the Word of God here tells us it's okay to be angry but it's not okay to sin when you are angry so if you love people if you love your neighbor you you don't easily get angry and if you get angry you do not you don't have a license to sin just because you get angry it all depends on how you react do not let the sun go down on your wrath and i'll explain that a little bit a little bit more in in a few minutes be angry but do not sin so the bible reveals that there are justifiable times when Christians might become angry. Jesus Himself became angry. Uh, you can read it in Matthew chapter 21, verse 12, Mark chapter 3, verse 5, uh, Mark ch- chapter 10, verse 14, John chapter 2, verse 13 and 17. In all those passages, Jesus got angry for some reason. Now, His anger was a holy anger, so it, it wasn't something made, uh, done out of selfishness but it was because of unjust. It was justifiable anger. And it's not that you get angry or not, because you will get angry sometimes. We all do. Is what we do with that anger, the problem. But when we uh, experience anger, we must be extra vigilant in how we act. For righteous anger does not give us an excuse to sin. How we deal with our anger determines whether we sin or not. Anger that results in sin could uh, could mean a lot of things. Like one of them is saying cruel cruel things to other people. When you're angry, do you say cruel things to other people? Do you just... I heard this many times before. Where people say, you know what, I just want to say how I feel. It doesn't matter how many people you hurt. You just want to say the things that you feel in your heart I'm not a hypocrite others, others I heard this too I'm not a hypocrite I'm just going to say how I feel I'm just going to tell it like it is and a lot of times in that anger you can easily hurt other people and when you're hurting other people that is not love and if that is not love that is sin because God is calling us to love not to retaliate or do anything with anger in our hearts while it might be impossible for us to avoid angry feelings, we can keep ourselves from sinning. Anger is a natural reaction to injustice. As we see it in Jesus' days, He got angry with the Pharisees. He got angry with those people who were selling stuff in the temple. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5, one of the things that 1 Corinthians thirteen five says is, The love, it is not easily angered. So we claim to be people who love others. Because the love of God has been pouring into our hearts. Now we are supposed to love other people. And if we love other people, we're not supposed to, we're not supposed to get easily angered. We're supposed to have self-control. One of the things that we as Christians, we as believers, supposedly we experience the power of the Holy Spirit in us. So, if the power of the Holy Spirit is in us, we're supposed to have self-control. Because, according to Galatians chapter five, verse twenty-three and and verse twenty-four, twenty-two and twenty-three, we are supposed to have self-control. Why? Because it is one in the fruit of the Spirit. It's one of the expressions of the fruit of the Spirit. And if you are experiencing the fruit of the Spirit, one of the expressions you're supposed to have is self-control. Another thing that I have I, have, I have gone through and I have heard many times when I'm doing counseling with people is that they, they usually blame the other person and say, it's because he or she made me do it. I got angry and I said what I said because they pushed me. And, and to be honest with you, I got to tell people all the time, no, they didn't make you do it. You made a choice. You choose to do what you did. You choose to say what you said. Nobody pushes you. You make your own choices. So First Corinthians thirteen five says, Love it, it's it is not easily anger. When you love someone, the last thing you want to do is hurt them. Because you easily got angry and you said things that you shouldn't say. And, and a lot of times we just don't think about what we're saying at the moment when we're angry. And so today we're going to see some crucial things about how we should handle our anger if we really love other people. How should we handle our anger? I think one of the first things that we need to understand is we need to recognize the damage that anger can do in other people's life. A lot of times we just don't sit and think and realize how much damage am I going to, make to, or am I going to do to people just because I want to express my anger, however I want to, however I feel so. Anger causes physical; it can cause mental, it can cause emotional damage to others. So, one of the things we do when we're angry, a lot of times, we say things that we shouldn't say. Proverbs chapter twelve verse eighteen. Proverbs chapter twelve verse eighteen, it says the worst. Of the reckless, pierce like sores. So, when somebody's reckless because they're angry and they just say things, you know, however they feel like at, at, at that moment, it, it says the, the scripture right here is telling us that it pierces like a source. Like sores. It goes through the heart. And a lot of times, When you say something harsh, when you say something mean to other people, a lot of times we don't think, how are we hurting those people? It's like that saying nowadays, it's so so easily people say, I hate this. Or I hate them. Or I hate him or her. The word hate is so normal nowadays that we don't think about how it can really be affecting other people. I have heard parents tell their kids, I hate you. Without thinking, how is that going to mark your kids? I heard kids saying that to their parents. They have no idea what they're doing. You're just putting through the heart a sword with your words. That is not love. Love doesn't do that. So the words of the reckless pierce like sores, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. You say words to mark people for life. I bet you can still remember some of those mean words that you heard when you were a little kid. I do. I can never forget some of the words, some of the mean things that I heard other people telling me. And those are words that it's stuck in your head, and, and sometimes it makes people, it makes younger people be and grow to be insecure because you didn't give them confidence, you didn't give them words of uh, you know to build them up but words to destroy them. Our words can give life or can destroy people. Our words are so powerful that when we're angry, we are supposed to be careful in how we say, you know, how are you going to say things? But the tongue of the wise brings healing. So are you a a person who is reckless and just speaks out of their, their mind when they're angry? Or are you a person who wants to bring healing to your family? Healing to others, healing to people at work. Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 9, it says, Be not quick in your spirit to become angry. Do not be quick to become angry, for anger lodges in the hearts of fools. So when you easily get angry and you do things or you say things, you are put in the same level of a fool. You don't do or say, uh, you do or say foolish things when you. Are angry. Again, I said it before and I repeat it again. It's those moments when a lot of times we just feel like, you know what, I shouldn't say that. And if everybody, when they're angry, if they would just wait for at least 24 hours before saying something, I bet you things will be so different. Because a lot of times when you take the time to think about it, number one, anger goes down. So now, you're like, you know what, should I say? Is it worth it? But when you do it at the moment that you're angry, you don't think how you're going to hurt other people. You just do it because it feels good to let it out. That's selfishness. Proverbs fourteen seventeen. it says that a quick-tempered person does foolish things. If you're quick-tempered, if you're a hothead and you're a quick-tempered person, you will say and do foolish things. Things that sometimes, those are things you cannot take back. You might say, I'm sorry. You might ask for forgiveness. But the damage has been done. Psalm 37, verse 8. Stop being angry. Turn from your rage. Do not lose your temper. It only leads to harm. So when we look at Scripture saying these things to us, when we look at these principles in the Scripture, we should be very careful how we react to the different situations in life that we are being put in. Proverbs 29, verse 22. An angry person steers up conflict. When you are angry, if you don't control their anger, it's easily to make a little problem make it look bigger than what it is. Just because you're angry. So it hurts other people because you still have conflict. And a hot-tempered person commits many sins. When you are angry, you easily sin against other people. In our anger, we can easily hurt ourselves, hurt others, but we also hurt ourselves, leaving a permanent mark in our own hearts. Because a lot of times after we we reacted with anger, we have a lot of regrets. And what's done is done. Now, does God forgive us? Yes, God forgives us. Uh, Does that mean there's no consequence? No, there is consequence. The consequence of our anger, we will pay for it. The forgiveness of our sin, God will forgive our sins. But we will still experience the consequence. That's, that's why, you know, it's better to control ourselves, especially if we say that we love other people. In our anger, we can hurt others. And we can leave a permanent mark in them and in ourselves. Proverbs 19.19 Proverbs 19, A hot-tempered person must pay the penalty. When you're a hot-tempered person, you will pay, pay the penalty. It's not if... It, it, would you? No. You will pay the penalty. Of that anger of not controlling yourself not having self-control and 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 if you go and you try to rescue i don't know if you ever dealt with a person who's a hothead who's quick to anger and you go and you try to help them no just come down and just come down and they'll come down for a minute and later on they'll they'll do they're doing the same thing and you got to go to the rescue again and you got to keep on going to the rescue and going to the rescue because a person is not going to change unless the power of the holy spirit is working in them and they realize i want to change that i want to be a different person unless they want to change and unless they give their hearts and their lives to christ for the holy spirit to work in their lives they will not change cuz that's the only the the only person who can change the heart is god it doesn't matter how many times you go to therapy Therapy will only change your behavior, your external behavior. But the one who changes the heart is God. And once you give God your heart, once you give Christ your life, then the Holy Spirit takes action in your life and begins to transform your life as you get in the Word, prayer, and you begin begin to leave the control of your life to the Holy Spirit. Anger can even lead to physical murder. Remember Cain? Cain did it to Abel. Just because he was mad. First person who killed another person. His own brother. But 1 Corinthians 13 tells us, Love, it is not easily anger. So, so, So love is patient. That's what we said before. Love is kind. Love is selfless. So when you're angry, you're none of these three things. You forget these three things. When you're angry, you lose patience. When you're angry, you're unkind. And you say unkind things. And you do unkind actions to others. When you're angry, you're not selfless. You're selfish. Because you're concentrated so much in how you feel and what you want that you don't really care at that moment. And and, and they tell you, Hey, have you think about this? I don't care. You're just mad. Love is not... Love does not do that. So what, what, one of other thing that I want us to see this morning is that. What what should we what should we do? What should I do then if I'm angry? If anger is part of me, and it's it's not sin, it's simple when I act the wrong way. It's simple how I use that anger. How should I how should I deal with anger? If I really want to show love to others. If you really want to show love to others and you experience anger, never make any decisions when you're angry. Never make any decisions when you're angry. You are usually not yourself. Therefore, what you decide will not always be the best when you're angry. This feeling leads you to to be very hurtful, not only to others, but also to yourself. Because a lot of times you're going to live with those regrets for the rest of your life. So, so the, the one thing we really need to do is we need to learn to be slow to anger. We need to learn to be slow to anger. In other words, self-control. As I said it before, it's an expression of the fruit of the Spirit. If the Spirit, if the Holy Spirit is in you, there's no way you can come and tell me, Pastor, no, I'm sorry, I just can't control this. No, if you can't control it, that means you're not letting the Holy Spirit have control of your life. Because if you do let the Holy Spirit have control of your life, then you're supposed to have self-control. Because that is the result of the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit, one of the expressions, is self-control. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 29, it says, Whoever is slow to anger has great understanding so if you're slow to anger that means you're you're a smart person you're a wise person you're a person who has better understanding because a lot of times we get angry and a lot of times we get angry because we don't understand the situation sometimes if we would just take if we would just take the time to listen and to analyze the situation a lot of times we would understand it better and not get angry or try to understand where people are coming from with these situations, with their ideas, with whatever they're doing or saying. Whoever is slow to anger has great understanding. But he who has a hasty temper exalts fully. In other words, you will do foolish things instead of having better understanding. Proverbs nineteen eleven. sensible people control their temper. My question to you is, if you love others, how, how do you do in these areas? Are you a person who can easily control their temper? Do you think about how you're going to hurt others? Do you think about what you're going to say, what you're going to do when you're angry? Why do you get angry? Do you get angry just because you just want to express your feelings? without really caring how others feel? Sensible people control their temper. Psalm chapter 4, verse 4, it says, Do not sin by letting anger control you. One of the biggest problems we have in the world today is that people just don't control their anger, but they let anger control them. And when you let anger control you, that's when you get to do foolish things. Think about it overnight and remain in silence. Look at that. Wouldn't that be the best thing for us to do? Think about it overnight and remain in silence. A lot of times, all it takes is for you to meditate in what's been going on, for you to meditate how you can hurt others when you're angry. A lot of times, it all, all it takes is for you to take some time to meditate on what's going on. And you will not make the mistakes that we make when we are angry and we are just telling people what we feel like, what we, what we want. I like, I like what James says in James chapter 1, verse 19 and 20. James tells them, and that's the text we were reading in the beginning of our service today, My dear brothers, take none of this. Everyone should, we, should, should be quick to listen. Now, let, let me ask you this. Wouldn't we avoid a lot of problems if we were good listeners? The reason why we get in trouble so much is because, you know, most, most of the time when somebody is telling you something and you're already mad, You're already mad. You're already angry. And when people are telling you something, you're not listening to what they're telling you. It's been proven. You're not listening to what they're telling you. What you're doing is you're thinking how you're going to respond to that person. You're not listening to that person. We're really bad listeners. There's a reason why God gave you two ears and only one mouth. So we can hear better than what we, you know, be quick to listen, slow to speak. But a lot of times when somebody's telling you and they're trying to explain something to you and you're already mad, you're not listening to that person. That part of your brain shuts down. And when that part of your brain shuts down, all you're doing is you're thinking, how am I going to respond? How am I going to come back? How am I going to let them have it? So they can see that I am right. See? Selfishness. Pride. That's why we get angry. Love does not do that. Love doesn't easily get angry. My dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should, we, should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Why is James saying that? James saying that because uh, uh, for a man's anger does not bring about the righteousness, the righteous life that God desires. In other words, when you easily get angry, we can be very unfair. We don't practice God's righteousness when we get angry. And so James is saying, if you want to avoid making that mistake, please learn to listen. Be quick to listen, but not quick to be angry. Learn to listen. Learn to analyze what you're hearing. Learn to analyze the situations. Because then, if you don't, You can easily make a lot of mistakes. You can be very unfair because our pride takes over and it leads people to make unfair decisions about the situation or about other people. That's what we do when we get angry and we're not listening. You want to work on these principles that these verses are teaching us this morning. It it, it will help us. It will help you not to hurt other people, people you love. Because a lot of times we hurt people we love because we just get angry, and we choose to get angry and we choose to react with our anger the way we do. If it is simple, if it is simple anger, then get rid of it. Get rid of that simple the simple part. We tend to build walls of protection. See this is why people a lot of times get angry without realizing. We build walls of protection when we've been rejected. I don't know if you like rejection, but I don't. I don't think anybody does. We build walls when we've been rejected, when we've been abandoned or emotionally hurt. We build walls. Anger is a powerful defense mechanism that we use. We get angry... Because we're trying to protect ourselves and we don't realize that a lot of times. Anger can also be a response to, um, to, to a, a fear and frustration. Fear and frustration. Examine your heart to see if you have heating anger in your heart that is unhealthy anger. And ask God to help you get rid of this, this unhealthy anger. Or these unhealthy reactions that you have with your anger. Uh, why is that? Because Colossians chapter three says, but now it is. It, it, it's, I'm sorry, but now it's the time to get rid of anger, rage, and all those things are related to one another. Uh, look at this. It says it is time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. When do you do those things? When do you use dirty language? When do you use bad words, foul language? When you're angry. And and, and the Apostle Paul tells the church in Colossians, you know, get rid of this thing. It is time. You've been a believer for so long, it is time for you to get rid of these behaviors. Because why? Because these behaviors don't show love. If you really love other people, then you should get rid of these behaviors. So, but now, it's time to get rid of these things. It's time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Which, you do all those things when you are angry. The opposite of loving people. The opposite of loving your family. Nowadays, I'm I'm, I'm even surprised how easily Christians just curse. I heard so many Christians curse that is like, oh, it's not a big deal anymore. Oh, it's the times we're living. Well, it is a big deal. James says that how how can from the same mouth come out praises to the Lord, but from the same mouth that you praise the Lord with comes, you know, bad words. How, how is that? So get rid of that. Ephesians chapter four verse twenty nine through 32, in the New Living Translation, it says, Do not use foul or abusive language. Oh no, but we're Christians, Pastor. We don't... No, you know what? You have no idea how many people come for counseling to Christian counselors, and in their homes there's been a lot of abusive language, a lot of foul language and abusive language being used. And the Apostle Paul tells the Ephesian church, hey, do not use abusive language. Do not use foul language, abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful, so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Our words, if we love people, we're supposed to use words that will encourage, that will build other people, not that will destroy people. But when we use foul language and abusive language, we are destroying people. We've got to be very careful with this, because our words are supposed to be of encouragement. Our words are supposed to be words that build up other people. And do not bring sorrow to God, to God's Holy Spirit, by the way we live, by the way you live. Remember, He has identified you as His own, guaranteeing, that you will be saved on the day of redemption. So, if you are this person, if you have been redeemed, if you have been saved, now get rid of all, number one, bitterness. You know why people experience bitterness in their lives? People experience bitterness in their life because they never dealt with the anger the way they should have. So, first they, they get bothered. They don't, they don't deal with something that bother me. You know, people go like, you know what, it's just, it just bothers me, but it's not a big deal. No, it is a big deal. If something bothers you, deal with it. You either forgive or you deal with it. Because if you don't deal with something that bother you, from a bother, it's going to make you mad. And from making you mad, it's going to get you angry. And from getting you angry, it's going to get you resentful. You know what resentful is? Resentful is when you repeat once again the same scenario that you went through with somebody that did something or said something that you didn't agree or you didn't like. And you replay that in your head. You replay and replay. And every time you replay that, you are resenting. You are re-feeling the same thing. And when you do that, eventually, if you don't deal with that, you will become bitter. And be careful, Hebrew says... The book of Hebrews says to be careful not to come bitter. Because roots of bitterness will contaminate other people, beginning with your own family. That's why when people have bitterness in their hearts, a lot of times you have bitterness towards somebody, and you will say mean things about that person and your kids hear you, then your kids are also contaminated with that bitterness in your heart. And when your kids hear that or see that person that you have bitterness against, and your kids also react the same way you react towards those people, and maybe your kids had not, never had anything to do with it, but you contaminate other people with your bitterness. And so he says, get rid of bitterness, get rid of rage, get rid of anger, harsh words. Which these are all the things that you do when you get easily angry, and you don't you choose not to love. And a slander as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other. Tender-hearted. Forgiving one another just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. In other words, what we should do, we should let love prevail over anger. We should let love prevail over anger. And what is love? What, we, what did we see in the previous weeks? Love is patient. So when you're angry... You have two options. When you're angry, you have two options according to the Scripture. You have two options to do the right thing. Number one, you have the option that Ephesians chapter 4 verse 26 and 27 says, Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Be angry and do not sin. So it's okay, Paul says, when you feel angry. Just don't do the wrong thing when you're angry. And do not let the sun go down means don't let a day pass before you deal with the issue. If you let time go by too long, then you don't want to deal with it. Then all you do is hide it under the carpet. Remember the, remember when we used to watch those cartoons that they used to sweep the place and they used to sweep everything under the carpet? It's there. So when you don't deal with anger, it's there. And you sweep it under the carpet, it doesn't mean it disappears just because you don't see it. No, it's there. And it becomes resentful, it becomes bitterness eventually. So Paul's telling it's telling us here one of the things you can do is deal with it before the day it's over. You know, I'm amazed how many people go to sleep with their husbands or wives. They go to sleep being angry at each other. They can sleep on the same bed. Not talking to each other. Just because they don't want to deal with that anger. And, and you know what you do when you do that? You give the devil an opportunity. And that's what Paul says. is Do not give... Do, do, and give no opportunity to the devil. So when you don't deal with it, what you're doing is you're telling Satan, here is a tool, here is a weapon you can use against me. You're letting the devil have a good time because you're not dealing with that anger. Because you're not dealing with the problem. You're not dealing with the situation. So if you are able to deal with it, don't let the sun go down on this issue, on this problem. Deal with it the same day. But also, you have another option. If you feel you cannot talk at that moment, if you feel that you're going to just say things that are going to hurt other people, that are are not going to be smart or wise then you can do the other option. Psalm, Psalm chapter four, four. It says, do not sin by letting anger control you. Number one, you control the anger. But while you control the anger, you think about it overnight and remain in silence. You think about it, you analyze what's been going on, and then you talk when you are ready to talk. So you have those two choices. Either you deal with it, or you wait until you're ready to deal with it, but you have to deal with it, so that way you don't have roots of bitterness in your life that will contaminate other people, because that will not be love. That will not be a loving thing to do to other people. It is recommended to wait at least 24 hours to make decisions or or, or take any action. After reducing the initial anger, you will be able to, To regain logical thinking. You know that when you're angry, you don't have logical thinking. You don't have any logical thinking at all. But it takes about 24 hours to regain logical thinking and act in a more reasonable way. It's much easier to find a better solution after you relax a bit. Even if you don't agree with the situation that you're living in. Love is kind. So again, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29 says, Get rid of all bitterness. But instead, be kind to each other. Be kind to each other. 1 Corinthians, Love is not, Love does not insist in its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. But to finish this morning, I just want to tell you, None of this, None of these things can be done on our own. You can't do this on your own. I can't do do these things. I cannot control my anger on my own. There's no way. We cannot do this on our own. As the Scripture says, it's got to be the fruit of the Spirit. One of the expressions of the fruit of the Spirit. Only by the power of the Holy Spirit you can have self-control. And how do, you, how, do you, how do you experience the power of the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit would only take control of your life and give you the strength to, do, to be able to do what is right to do before God when you give the Holy Spirit control of your life. And you have to voluntarily do this. There are many things that a lot of times we would like to do that without the help of the Holy Spirit... We cannot do it. How do we give control of the whole, to the Holy Spirit of our lives? By giving our lives to Christ. So if, if you're not a believer, let, let me tell you, you're in a big disadvantage here. You're in a big disadvantage because you've gotta have, you got to give that control of your life to the Holy Spirit. He can only do this in your heart. He can only transform you. Because the transformation has to come from within the heart. It's not the external behavior. A lot of times we want to change the external behavior. And once, once we see the external behavior different, we think it's done. And eventually it comes back out again. Because the heart hasn't changed. And the only one who can change the heart is God. The Holy Spirit working in you. So if you really want to have control of your anger... And to deal the right way, when you get angry, you've got to give control to the Holy Spirit by giving your life to Christ. And, and if you are a believer, and you deal with anger, then there's something wrong. There's something wrong. Then you need to give control up to the Holy Spirit of your life the way that it should be. Because it's the Holy Spirit who's going to change that in you. If you're having trouble as a believer with anger... And you need to deal with that. You need to look at Scripture. You need to look at the principles the Scripture is giving us. Why? Because love does not easily get angry. And we are called to love one another. So, let's pray for each other. That God will change that in our hearts. If we are dealing with, if we are dealing with these issues... And we have no control over it. Let's deal with it. And if you're not a believer, you have never given your life to Christ, it's going to be even harder for you to control the anger in you. So I pray that God will help us to learn to love one another, to be patient, because patient is a result of not being angry. If you're angry, you're not going to be patient, you're not going to be kind. You're not going to be selfless. To the contrary, if you're angry, you're going to lose patience. If you're angry, you're going to be unkind. If you're angry, you're not going to be selfless. You're going to be selfish. That's not what God wants in our lives. Our Father in heaven, we we thank You, Lord, for this day. Thank You, Father, for helping us Go through the scriptures. And to understand that anger is not healthy if it's unresolved anger. We pray, Father, that you will help us to show love to our families, friends, co-workers, brothers and sisters in in Christ. By controlling ourselves, by being wise, by being slow to anger. We just pray, Father, that You will help us to be the best that You want us to be. To be, a, to be loving people that will show the world that we are different because we belong to You. And if somebody here in our midst, Lord, does not know You, We just pray that the Holy Spirit will bring conviction to their hearts and to understand that the only way they can control anything in their lives is when they leave that control in the hands of the Holy Spirit. We pray, Father, that You will help us to always do the right thing. That You will encourage us. That You will teach us. That we will be sensitive to Your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.